hello and welcome to the healing dreams project podcast exploring projective dream work for your health and wholeness with hosts billy artis and dr roy spitz i'm the producer viviana <laughs> and today we have a special guest Catherine bell oh we're so excited about this Catherine is an astrophysicist is that cool or is that cool <laughs> she has a sure PhD. we're not sure that's legal but it's worth <laughs> one of those nighttime related she, so there's some connection right she has a phd in astrophysics and she is a dream coach and workshop facilitator she's the host of the podcast the dream journal which i always enjoy and an interview and Colin show which has run for five years with over 240 episodes so far she manages conferences for the international association for the study of dreams where she is also on the board of directors and ethics committee Catherine is the in the editing phase of her first book entitled dreams comma the treasure hunt Ooh, that's nice. yes welcome Catherine. we're so happy to see you and have you thank you so good to be here with you all <laughs> so Catherine, tell tell me about your astrophysics where did where did you study astro how did that happen so Oh, I, um, I've been a scientist my whole life. My family uh, are all scientists. I have three siblings and my two parents uh, uh, and all six of us were in the hard sciences. My parents are retired now and I'm not a hard scientist anymore, but it just seemed like the right thing to do. And I was good at it. It took me a long time to realize that just because you're good at something doesn't mean it's good for you. Yeah. So I, I was in astrophysics. I, I came to uh, went to Williams College, and then I came out here to Santa Cruz, the UC Santa Cruz, and got my PhD in '93, and started working over the hill at NASA Ames Research Center in Mountain View, and <clears throat> I hated it. <laughs> I was like, "What have I done? I've just spent like 12 years on top of you know all the high school, getting a PhD, fighting for a job, getting NASA." to hire me as a civil servant and then I'm and then I was like oh no I don't like this I just it was just uncomfortable but what happened is I was unable to be very productive I wasn't writing a lot of papers um, and so I uh, was invited to be on uh, assistant branch chief and what that did is that it, that made me a manager and I started to work with people. And so the people in my branch, all the scientists, of course, but I was like helping them navigate the uh, um, the NASA red tape system. Oh my God, working for the government, very intense with red tape. And I found that I really loved working with people. So surprise me because I think of myself as an introvert. Shall we say I thought of myself as an introvert who liked to be alone. No, turns out I like being with people. I like to um, help people and to talk to people. I like the whole emotional drama of being human. And that was like my first inkling that something wasn't quite right with my choice of careers. So um, I worked there for about 11 years. And, uh, and then when my 
my son was born in 2004, I had the opportunity to quit. I'm like, okay, um, it worked out uh, financially. And so I just quit. And, but then it was into the chaos because uh, my marriage was falling apart. I didn't know how to be a mother. I wasn't sure what that was all about. Uh, and I just kept going forward. And what I found is the dreams would like wake me up going, there's something really important happening here. And the dreams yeah. seemed to have a lot to say. I didn't know what they were saying, but there was something really valuable that they were giving me. And I'd been interested in dreams for a long time, but this was like this dark night soul of trying to figure out where my way forward was. The dreams were really, really helpful. Um, and I, I uh, about two years after I quit uh, NASA, I, um, I had a, a crisis, a health crisis up in the Hood River where my appendix ruptured because I was so good at ignoring my feelings that I had ignored this physical pain in my gut. And uh, it just popped. And the doctor was like, you know, you can die. You could have died. It was wow. a really close thing. And so that was the time for me to be have a wake-up call and realize that I need to pay attention to my body and to my emotions. And so the dream work got more intense after that. And I found that they had a lot to say about feelings. They had a lot to say about relationships. And, mm. um, and it's been a journey from there. And I've just gotten more and more passionate about dreaming. Wow. What a story. Wow. And, and looking <laughs> back, uh, looking back, is there any dreams that you remember that were maybe leading up to, to warning, warning you about the appendix problem? I mean, we did, like, I don't know how, a lot of times dreams, when they talk about health warnings, it's very metaphorical and it doesn't come across just as clear as, gee, watch out, your appendix is going to burst. You know, oh, it, right. it's more like more like things that, you know, like a some sort of like a tube or something that gets filled up and then explodes or, you know, some, I don't know if that anything like that happened with your dream, dream world. There wasn't, there wasn't anything that I was aware of at the time. I maybe could go back, let's see, 2000. And six, I, I do have dream journals. Uh, I was in a group already at that point, so I could go back and look, but nothing was clearly warning me. It, for me, it was all about paying attention to my feelings. And I had a lot of warnings about my job, about mm -hmm. working for NASA. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of dreams about just dull, gray, everything is flat. And on these wars, I would see like these battle scenes like from a half a mile up, I'd look down, oh, look, those little ants, they're fighting each other. I was so far away from this battle that was going on in my soul. Everything was right. black and white <clears throat> and things were like really numb or I'd be in a really cold, dark castle, just really defended. And so those were like wake, wake up signs around my job at NASA. That this was like, this is not the right place to be. That was just feeling really unhealthy and uh, cold so distant like i mean dream was very uh, dreams life was very un uncomfortable for me for a long time it was very un unhappy around life i was suicidal for many years i just thought life was something i had to like i just had to put up with it so i had to get through it this sucks i'll just do the next thing and then the next thing and mm. and it took me a long time to get to the point where i could enjoy life again and the dreams really were part of that getting getting me back into my body getting me back connected uh with with my life and the joy that's possible in life yeah
Wow. Mm. I, I guess Rice had, had had to go get some water or something. <laughs> that didn't sound, sound so good. Well, like he was having, That's good. <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things, you know, with dreams, how they do help to guide us to pay more attention to certain things. And well, as I said, it's often written and always written in metaphor. So it, it, like a lot of people ask me, they say, well, if it's really this important, why does the dream just come and say, hey, Billy, you're in the wrong job and your body's going to suffer for it and you better figure out, a, out you know, how to feed your soul rather than, so if the dream could, could say it that clearly to me. But however, I often when I, try to train to, to see dreams from from the whole perspective is it's commenting on so many different things at the same time right that there's no way it can only just be about the health layer the health layer happens to be always there with the and my version of dreams there's always some health health warning or health um notification about like you know when the body goes through the whole check throughout the night so there's so it's yeah, it's in, it's so so. I, I my version of of this waking life dream is that I as as Catherine uh, realized my life literally depends on this. I need to get out of this place. My, it's a life or death situation, and I mean that's yeah. sometimes things like that just have to hit us. You know, car accident mm -hmm. that where I puts me just down for a month or two, or or um, mm -hmm. you know whatever it might be, break my leg so I can't, you know, I have to I have to stay home and nurture myself. Well, that's you what know, so there's, you can uh, use the waking life experience as a dream itself. So the right. thing that happened, like the, the appendix, a ruptured appendix, something was really, you know, and I've never quite thought about it this way, Billy, so this is helpful, that, that if I think of my ruptured appendix as a, a waking life dream, is there some way that I was just blocked? I was just so blocked. And then it, it burst open and it almost killed me. I mean, it could have cost my life. And so there's a way that this, this blockage which of the digestion, which for me is like in my body and my feelings and that there was, it was just like, like the castles I was dreaming about, like the, the battle from above, there was, there was just, everything was frozen up. I was very structured. I had, I was doing what I thought I should be doing rather than what I was called to do, what I wanted right, to do. Right. Yeah. And you know, I love your idea about metaphors, Billy. I sometimes like to think that dreams are poetic rather than metaphoric. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of metaphors in poems, of course, too. But poems create a whole mood, like reading a poem right. just puts you in a certain space. And dreams do that, too. And they refer to layers and layers of meaning, not just a simple, oh, get out of that job, you know, something <laughs> obvious, or get to the hospital already. Nothing's right. There's like this metaphor. Mm -hmm that's poetic yeah mm -hmm. wow well, uh, on that note definitely i had my car accident in 2020 Ooh. which is when i dove into dreams mm -hmm. even more so mm -hmm. it, it it was a similar sort of thing that parallels <laughs> of what uh, catherine has has spoken of with, with her appendix mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. one of those life uh, it was a head-on collision, Ooh. so uh, yeah, Wake up. on Highway oh. One, as you know, Catherine. Oh. Yeah, um, most people don't survive such a situation at fifty miles an hour. So, anyway, I feel that that was the 
birth it gave birth to my dream myself as a dream person <laughs> and, and you said you started the podcast just uh, five years ago yeah and you have yeah, a huge exactly library right. yeah. yeah and tell us how that and tell us a little how your podcast works because it's also tied in with a radio station right exactly <clears throat> well it really keeps me on task because uh i have every single week i have a slot at the local community radio station saturday mornings 10 to 11 pacific time and that's my slot and i do a live dream show and i show up and i get a guest on on the show hopefully <laughs> you'll hear my dream i share my dream um my worries that happen around this but i'll get a guest on the show and then i take callers people who are interested in dreams and uh, if they have a dream they want to share or a question for the guests and so it's recorded live it's a totally live show which is always pretty terrifying and it's on the dot <laughs> 10 o'clock it starts and whatever's happening you just go with it and um and then it's you know half hour break and then it's over at 11. there's no running over there's no wiggle room and so it's um it's really intense i'd like to say it's something that both keeps me young and gives me gray hairs at the same time with the show it's That's just right. it's just really enlivening and it also creates like panic uh, i just um i it's, it's a joke between me and my husband that i burn up all my calories during the show i've heard the brain is like the biggest a calorie eater of them all. We have a nice big breakfast in the morning. Max always makes me a lovely breakfast. And then one hour later, you know, when the show's over, I'm ravenous. <laughs> like I carry snack bars because I know as soon as the show's over, I'm just going to be, uh. it's just, it's, uh, it's really intense. And I, and I love it. And it's been really stimulating for me. I've learned so much from my guests. Um, and I, I, I've given me the courage to actually start writing my book. And, and so this brought me to this place where I'm writing books and giving groups and, and workshops and all this. And um, it's, it's been really energizing to, to my soul as well as to my career. One of the things I noticed in your energy when you were talking about being an astrophysicist, you're, I mean, you, you have good social skills, so you can communicate very well that uh, life experience. But when you're talking about dreams right now, your energy goes up. Like this is truly a deep uh, calling, a deep passion of of you, and and that's and and that that's part of what uh, dream work does for a lot of us is it taps into the life force of who we are in a way that sometimes other kinds of uh, life experiences doesn't quite reveal mm -hmm. but dreams really move us if if we pay attention into the deeper callings of our of our journey of, of our life and it's often often mysterious as billy talks about the metaphors mm -hmm. so many levels mm -hmm. at the same time being revealed in the dream world to us for our health, healing, and, and wholeness. Absolutely. Yep. And, and it's a totally natural process. It's one thing I love about dreaming. It's like I can teach myself to meditate or I can do follow various trauma-informed practices, whatever, whatever they are. But a dream is something that happens totally naturally in the night. It's 
nobody told me to dream about this. I've never had much luck with dream incubation. <laughs> so I get what I get. And, 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 and humans uh, uh, throughout the centuries have always relied on dreams. In fact, mammals all seem to dream. In fact, even latest evidence suggests that octopuses dream. Spiders probably dream. And so there's something incredibly valuable about this process that um, that so many creatures, all the creatures yes. that they have studied, spiders, come on, um, that they are, um, that, that these creatures have found that dreaming to be a valuable process. So there's something that's, they're automatic, and I think, and they continue, whether I remember a single dream or not, they're that's still right. happening in the background, helping me. But mm -hmm. I think that I can enhance whatever the dream is doing, you know, I have some ideas, but we don't really know what dreams are doing. Whatever they're doing, we can enhance that by bringing them to consciousness. But they are still doing what they do in the background, whether you remember a single dream or not. I think it's it's miracles, like such a gift. If I can make a plug for my book, I talk about that in my book about that some um, uh, uh, evolutionary biologists are now looking at how insects bees trees plants have some form of process that in their own way represents or is similar to what we know as dreams that it seems to be an organic evolutionary energy inside of us to help us as we grow and form and reform our own life forms yeah. a lot there, of forms in that sense you mentioned octopus yeah. before and there's a wonderful video out um i don't know exactly what how, what it's titled or how to search for it but it but it's a uh, an octopus who actually is going through the dreaming process and he continues to change the color of his skin I mean, his body changes because it's as though he's on the bottom of the ocean, and he, as he's going up across anything, he has to has to blend in with the rock, and he has to blend in with <laughs> the the sea grass and everything. And it's it's really wonderful to watch because he goes through like six or seven different colors, and so the the man who's narrating and he says, "Watch," he says, "This is this this octopus is totally asleep." And he's so he and it is the same thing when we we watch anyone who's had a dog all dogs you know have those like moments of <laughs> and they're sniffing and you can tell them they're oh, really bark. <laughs> they've got, got a muffled bark and you can see the little paws move so i agree with you very much that it's an organic process that's that's we i in my version of it it's it's keeping us all alive it's keeping everything everything living in my in my dream in my dream of the world <laughs> everything living is dreaming and it's the process that connects us all too to all of that as well there's something fundamentally important about dreaming and i think that's yeah. we can all agree on that and you yeah. don't need to even know exactly what it is but but just to appreciate the what they what they that that they do things for us and well that's why i, I tend to work with dreams in a non-interpretive way because i want mm -hmm. to uh I, I want to support the dream and whatever it's offering me right right very nicely said thank you so this kind of is a nice segue into having catherine 
share her dream. And since this is our first live uh, Instagram uh, experience, to let the listeners know that Catherine will share a dream that she had evidently relatively recently, and she'll explain that. We will not interpret her dream, and but we will hold the dream with, as best as we can, a deep listening ear, as the listeners will be listening to Catherine's dream. And then we will borrow the dream, in a sense, and project without interpreting, but to borrow the dream, and we'll explain more what that looks like. So is this a good time for you, Catherine, to uh, share, read through your dream that uh, you are willing to risk yourself to uh, mm -hmm. uh, look at these levels of who you are and who we are? This was Saturday morning's dream, and I'll say that is a show morning. So this is a morning when I'm going to go to the radio and uh, and get my guest on the line and go through my my recording of my show. And it's become quite a theme for me. I call them my dream journal nightmares because they they yeah. um, there's a lot of chaos going on in them, and uh, and it just and I've just wondered what it is uh, because uh, they keep coming back, and it's. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and read it then, you'll see. But they have a similar theme of chaos and I can't get make the connection. And so, <clears throat> curious and, to see what... what and in uh, this, in, as you said, this is a theme and yet this is a unique dream. Yes. So it, it stands on its own. It's like a complete book just by itself. So go ahead and share it. Absolutely, okay. <clears throat> All right, so January 20, chaotic time in an underground studio I don't recognize. We have a long station break with several announcements, which we do every show. And when I try to get back to the guest, the guest has dropped off and we can't get them back. So I guess I have an engineer mm -hmm. helping me like I do in Waking Life. At one point, I'm playing a clip from the movie Aladdin, a part where the genie flies through the sky and letters appear in the clouds explaining some mysteries of the movie. I play a little more of that clip, but then I turn it off and frustrated because it's so visual and I know that it won't come across on the radio if you just hear the genie muttering to himself. I then start fully vamping, including an announcement about the upcoming election in March encouraging people to get out and vote or to mail in their ballots. People keep coming up to me. I signal by putting my fingers across my lips to be quiet. And they talk to me anyway, distracting me. And I'm sure that people listening on the radio will be able to hear them. I get more and more upset. Two people, after talking to me, walk away, grinning to each other. What and done, they say. Um, and so I understand them to mean that they've upset me so much that now I'll die of a heart attack or maybe just frustration. <laughs> I can't even find a working clock to know how much time I have left. Seems like my hour is finally up because the next host is there. Someone points to a very unclear station schedule 
And I finally figure out what words I have to say to introduce the next host. And I wake up at 3 a.m. very upset. And there's a follow-on, which I went back to sleep. And I woke up again at 6. And I was another dream about being in my radio show. But I was more vamping, more kind of like improvising. But it wasn't as stressful. So something had shifted. And so I was like still kind of improvising. But I wasn't as stressed out about it. Wow. There it is. Mm. I, I, I have to smile knowingly because I have these type of dreams so often and it's all centered around a, a dream workshop or a dream retreat that I've planned and something has gone wrong. Oh boy. I had one, one time where uh, I, I used to do a lot of events at hotels and then one of the dreams I'm at a hotel and all the running water stopped there was no water and then i had, then years ago i used to have the, one typical theme was i'd be in in the meeting room and i have everything set up and we're ready to get started and there's uh in another room somewhere there's a there's a very loud stereo and rate or radio that i cannot oh, yeah. turn off and it so the whole time i'm in the dream i can't even get down to, to the actual dream work process because i have to go and deal with all these problems and emergencies so it feels to me i mean and just as i say that um my imagined version of these dreams when i when we dream about being in our work what we i like i would always say i don't need my dreams to tell me that i do dream work i already didn't know that <laughs> that's something i already know so, so there's another layer there about it's the metaphor of what what you know what does dream work really mean to me and in one version of it um so in my dream i would ask myself the same question i'm frustrated that i can't get the the guest back and i'm frustrated because of something happens with these people with the um i say something i be quiet and all this kind of stuff yeah is there so there's something past that that i have to see i have to i have to be the dreams inviting me to to go beyond my conventional ways of doing things for instance my husband's an, an improvisational piano player and he's been playing piano since he was like eight and he's like 72 now so um but he often has dreams where he sits down at a piano and something's wrong with the piano <laughs> there's like yeah. there's like something missing or, or the the keys are like one he had one where the keys were actually made out of little finger sandwiches <laughs> so he starts playing and the, the whole thing just starts to destroy he's had other ones where he looks into the inside of the of the of the piano and something's always wrong with the piano so uh, my first dream teacher dr. Ron he listened to these dreams and he said well in my version he says you know uh, I already know how to play piano so I don't, that's some place that I'm comfortable going as Earl and I'm comfortable going to the piano as Billy, it's uncomfortable going to dream work. So the dream takes that away from me so that I have, to, I have to come up with a new, something different. I have to do something different, something other than what I'm most comfortable with. I break out of my, my conventional ways of doing things. So that's what's helped me so, with my dreams. That resonates with right. me. But right. Well, it's interesting because I, I, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable with my 
with my radio show. <laughs> I mean, I love it. It's not relaxing. And so it's interesting. There's there's something about um, like you think like oh frustration dream eh, just a frustration dream yeah like we all got frustration dreams and yet I don't think that's just coming it's not telling me something I already know like you were saying that there's something something new about this and I think well, one thing is that it does really highlight for me um, how intense it is for me it's very vulnerable. Yes. To to be out there live with people listening over the radio, I get a little bit of editing before I release the podcast on Monday, uh -huh. but like you know, most of the show goes goes right out as is. Any glitches and all, and weird things like happening well, on Instagram and, Live right now. We're doing we're just doing it, doing it live. And so the when I heard there's something when I heard yeah when, when I heard Catherine when I heard the dreamer say I feel very vulnerable in this experience and this is something I love and I don't um, you had an interesting choice of words this is something I love and I don't feel like I'm relaxed doing it you know some something like that so yeah. when I borrow this dream and take it in the early part of the dream, where this dream starts, is that I'm in an underground studio. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh -huh. this suddenly, when I when I heard that part, I had my goosebumps. Like, I know in my version, I know how to run a radio program. Yes, it's stressful. Yes, there are lots of ins and outs. Unlike. Well, very similar to Instagram Live, as we are stumbling and bumbling and bumbling our way to this. Yes. Okay. Okay. In this dream, though, I start underground. That, for me, is saying, even though I know this job pretty well, I am moving into a deep space. This job, on one hand, and dreams, on another hand, take me into a level of my inner self that I don't know very well. Mm. And so I'm in the underground. I'm in the underworld. I'm in my deeper unconscious that is not yet speech ripe. And I notice in part of the dream that there are things that I can't get said proper or I can't hear properly. Mm. So this again, is a reflection for me of being in the underworld within my shadow side, not shadow not as negative, shadow as that aspect of, 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 of me that I don't know very well. Yeah. So, th so I'm moving into this space, and everything that I usually use, like, you know, I know how to use the mic, I know how to I know how to come in on time. I know how to use the app to make this radio show live. I already know that. In this dream, though, this this stuff ain't working. Yes. So again, it, it 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 causes me my my uh, biological stress reactions. You know, because my brain in some way doesn't know that I'm dreaming. So my limbic system is starting to react. Like oh, I'm, yeah. my heart's racing. I'm getting nervous. Like this is a show. The show must go on. Nobody's cooperating. 
Where did the guests go? Well, again, it's like that is a gift beyond the stress, beyond the feeling. There is a gift here of me moving into new areas that I don't yet know about. True. Right. True. And I, and I, my goal is, is definitely not to remove all the stress from my life. I think that would be <laughs> what I ever get out of bed. I mean, I think that this, there's a healthy stress. There is a way that this excitement is something that I really like. These challenges that I've said mm -hmm. myself um, are part of what makes life worth living. I must say mm -hmm. that I've, I've had a little bit of an aha um, while, while I'm listening to this here, and I don't know exactly where it comes from, but there's something about the idea that I have, feel like I'm doing it all alone. Like there's a, there's an, there's a hint that I have somebody helping me when I say we can't get the guests back on the air. But after that, I'm on my own. Like I'm ignoring people, like I'm shushing people. What if they're coming up to help me? What if they're coming up right. to be my guest? to talk about that's, dreams and i'm just like get away like i think that's me i think i have to do it all myself and that that's a big aha for me because i it's such a familiar pattern uh yeah. it's just it's just helpful to realize like oh yeah i just sh i sh when i get scared when i get mm -hmm. i shut off all help that's right. a big aha for me right. So these entities in the dream that, that come to me as people, uh, for, in my version then, what seems to be happening is that they want to be my ally, and there's another part of me that's trying to shush them. Yes. So if we were to revisit this dream, I'm wondering what they would need to say. Part of them felt kind of impish, like the trickster. Uh, interrupting me yeah. and here and the trickster comes as a way to get a new perspective right and so i'm wondering yeah I, I, i'm just getting aha I mean, pardon me i'm real excited i'm just getting aha this is great like what if the one the whole thing the trickster you're talking about the trickster the one and done where they're like oh, oh we got her now and, and what if i'm right oh yeah the show shit but what if what if they're they're correct that this part of me that is so fiercely independent is ready to die maybe it's something that needs to die because death in the dream world is often a sign of deep transformation so maybe it's a good thing that they're kind of pushing me to a place where this part my brain explodes yeah. and so like yeah. i can start to let go of some of that fierce unhealthy independence mm. I, go ahead please viviana and then i'll say I, no, I, I just absolutely love this dream, Catherine. It just reminds me, I'm often, this is a common theme in my dream world as well, uh, uh, that I can't find. I'm a performer, and I love what you said, that I love this job, and I'm not relaxed when I'm doing it. That's exactly how <laughs> I feel when I'm performing. Every, every concert that I play, I feel exactly that. And I'm constantly dreaming that I can't find the stage, that I can't remember the first note. And it's, I use these sorts of dreams as um, opportunities to fine tune my craft even more. Cause I, I wake up scared and then I think, okay, I've got to go practice or I've got to put my suitcase in order, or maybe I didn't plan that. My checklist is not right. So it, I use it. It's, it's just an opportunity for me to be even 
gain more clarity uh, and craft my performance even further. Mm. So I, I love that aspect of these dreams. And since uh, was what was touched upon about the people uh, silencing or you know shushing them, or I don't want the distractions. If this were my dream or my imagined version of this, it's it's an opportunity uh, to question myself. I wonder if I have distractions or unwanted interferences in my life who are kind of shutting me down or not or keeping me away from my path. So. Mm. Yeah, that, that's true. I like that. Yeah, let me mull that over. That's good. That's helpful. Billy, we were going to say something, I, right? Yeah, so I'm really glad you mentioned the death, you know, the part where it says, um, you know, I, I understand them to mean that they've upset me so much that I'll now die of a heart attack or maybe just frustration. <laughs> so it's like, when, and, and I, I, it's important that we that we reiterate it often because you know anytime we drink we think of anybody in any where well, i don't want to die and the general want to die of a heart attack in waking life but but in the dream world it is one of the places places we say always shows up to to represent extreme psycho spiritual growth and change yeah. the old me yeah. has done so that the new me can be born and that means that it's so radical, it's as though th that part of me is gone. It's finished. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would, in my dream, that would be really important. Um, I mean, that's, that ha happens with my dream worker friends. You know, we get these, uh, we get together and we'll say, you know, I, I had this dream the other night that I died. And they're like, congratulations. And it's one of those Really? Congratulations. And it, I, I, I love everybody else's dream about this instead of my, uh, but not my own because it's so stressful. It's it's it was awful because you know and and I I it had the bear chase me and you know I could feel the bear's breath on the back of my neck. I I've had the gunman threaten me and I've crawled away like commando style to hide and get out of the bank you know that kind of thing. And then I wake up and I go. Damn, I should have I should have let the bank robber kill me. I should have let the the bear. I should have slowed down so the bear could devour me. And it's one of those things. But at the time, it feels real. It's like this is. It feels so. It's way life. And I'm like, I'm gonna get the hell out of here. This bear is gonna kill me. <laughs> so, but it's hard. It's hard to get that perspective in the dream world. But I. So in my version, whenever death is mentioned, in it's I've reached some point of evolution in my consciousness, something mm -hmm. really radical about either how I feel about my work in the world or about how I feel about myself or mm -hmm. something about my, my uh, inner resilience is, has. Yeah. This, this is a very important piece in my dream that uh, Billy is bringing up. When I have dreams of some version about dying or near death, this represents a major evolutionary aspect of, of my own self. My development in the here and now, in the waking world, is undergoing major change in the dreams honoring that. So I want to go back to the underground part of the dream and how it begins 
And then th this is where the dream, how it begins. And this is where the dream ends, where I'm contemplating my own death. So that gives me goosebumps. Underground, in my deeper self, and then I'm being transformed at the very end of this dream. And I know not what that's looking like. And that's the beauty of a dream. It doesn't exactly tell us what to do or what is going on in a predictive way. It does lift up, though, that in my dream, I'm changing so much that I may not even know yeah. myself. It's like my identity is what's dying. Like, is there a way that my identity is in danger, which is good, which can be good, but it's also really scary. Because, like, I think of right. myself as this, well, like, exactly. I, I think of myself as an introvert, as, like, a, like an independent person and someone who doesn't need a lot of help. And, and yet, and so if that, if I'm not going to be that anymore, now I'm going to be somebody who maybe says, oh, what do you have to say? Instead of shushing the people and sending them away, that's a whole different kind of a person. And, and it's scary. Like you were saying, Billy, in the dream, like, why didn't I just let the bear kill me? It's because <laughs> I'm really invested in this version of who I am even when I'm asleep this is who I am I'm not gonna let you kill me and yet we yeah. can recognize that that maybe would be the best thing is if we could let that part of myself go it's scary but it, it's valuable well see that's the thing it's that's the puzzle is what it what it ultimately what is the dream ego because mm. I know mm. myself to be Billy or tease in this life yep. <laughs> And I know myself to be five foot one and all that kind of stuff. But there's but there's a whole other version of me in the dream world sometimes. I had a dream once where I was an eleven year old boy that worked for a magician. And it was like felt like another it felt very natural in the dream. So again, Dr. Ron's come up a couple of times, but he used to say a wonderful thing about uh dreams that remember that the ego wants more of the same more of the same more of the uh, same more of the same it's really difficult change and transformation is difficult because because mm -hmm. what we've got all of a sudden now doesn't fit into this new transformation part of myself so there's so yeah it we cling we cling to what we what we know because it's safe it's more yep. comfortable it's like having an old pair of shoes I love, you know, and I just don't want to get a new pair of shoes because I know the new pair of shoes is going to take a long time to break in. Uh, it's going to hurt, and I'm going to feel like crap. So, but I want my own comfortable shoes, even though they're falling apart. <laughs> I still want the comfortable shoes. Yeah. So it's it's uh. Anyway, that's my. I think dreams get, dreams help get us out of our rut, and like more yeah. the same, more the same, more the same. And then, and yet this bear is chasing me, trying to get me out, or these people are coming up and talking to me, trying to get me out of my rut. And I'm right. fighting them, holding in there. And yet I get a nudge, I get a nudge. And so then when I, that's why the value of working with these dreams when I'm awake is that I can, then I can bring my consciousness to bear on the same issue. And like notice when I'm being fiercely independent, going, no, I don't need any help. Because I do do that, like, I got it, I got it. You yeah. know? And it's not, and I can go, oh, wow, it's like that dream. And then, and it kind of, that helps the shift, the neurological shift or the soul level shift, which I think is the same thing. There's something that the dreams, it's called, there's something about psychedelics they call relaxed beliefs under psychedelics, that psychedelics put our brain into a state 
where our relief beliefs are um, those ruts are relaxed and then we can change right. our beliefs and um, dreaming is a very similar state to psychedelics and so we actually get that relaxed belief system so that we can come, we wake up with a slight shift and then the next morning another shift and so mm -hmm. these little shifts I think a lot of these shifts happen when we're sleeping when we're dreaming oh mm -hmm. thank yeah. you that evolutionary energy yeah. that's always working at us sometimes not to our awareness this this energy that's beyond us is continually wanting to change us so in my dream if i were an astrophysicist a phd with an astro uh, uh, physicist um, world so how would I handle myself? And my imagined version is that I would want things to be really precise and there would be certain kinds of understandings and rules that I would need to study. As a scientist, I want precision. I want something that is um, predictable as much as possible. I would go for the mystery, but yet I would use my logical side to try to uh, understand that whole process. Mm -hmm. And in the dream world, the part of me that, that is exploring this unknown underground, uh, it, it doesn't fit with my normal logic. And so as I die in the dream or am frightened to death, that is another evident, uh, that is more evidence for me that I am changing mm -hmm. and I'm going beyond my presuppositions. Mm -hmm. And and this is scary. Mm -hmm. Now my ego is not always my enemy. My ego is trying to keep me alive in this waking world. I have to pay my bills, I have to use logic, I have to protect myself. Okay, I'm gonna honor that. And the dream world, though, said, pardon? I just was going along with you. I have to actually stop at the stoplight. We have to follow traffic rules. Yeah, and, and yet the dream world doesn't care about that. In fact, it's the dream world's specialty is to throw me out of the box, throw me into my, my underground and bring me up with a whole different perspective of who I am. Mm -hmm. yeah. Vivian. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm not good at blurting in. So <laughs> I'm well trained to raise my hand. So <laughs> I just love what Rice had just mentioned about if I were an astrophysicist, yes, my my right side of the brain would be the more developed side. Is that correct? The, the, the left side, side is, the, the is, the, is the science scientific side. I think yeah. the logical, right. linguistic. Yeah. And it just in my dream, uh, the part about Aladdin. Aladdin is a oh, fantastical, magical, out of this world. You know, disappearing here, not here, there, and I'm having trouble conveying this very complex visual information yes. and I'm facing the limitation of of not being
being able to convey it. So I'm wondering if in my real life communication, sometimes I have, I'm, I'm, I struggle or I'm faced with these challenges. There's just, as a, especially as a scientist with a scientist brain, yeah. I'm, uh, uh, there's that piece. And then the, the elect, election announcement just i love how uh the uh, announcing the upcoming election in march and and a sense of responsibility and concern <laughs> about the civic engagement and so yes. it's just a wonderful call or as a as a as the dreamer it just i love how i'm i'm feeling the need to express to to the listeners to that everyone must participate everyone must show up in this de democratic uh, process absolutely it's some it's very important to me it, it, it is. <laughs> the election is a big a big deal for sure and and so so it's like i'm connecting that with the aladdin thing and that the, the letters in the sky i like i i dismiss that like that's is that maybe that's too heady maybe it's too Maybe that's the right thing to do. I mean, dream ego isn't always wrong. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. dream ego is right. But 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 I am ignoring the genie. It's interesting, a genie flying across the sky. So there's something powerful here that, I, um, that I'm bringing in that I kind of dismiss. So I, I wonder about that. Um, and then, uh, you know, the go-to of, of the election is like, it's a kind of a fallback because it's something that I feel really strongly about. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, don't forget, you all vote too. <laughs> doing right now. But it also gets me away from talking about my feelings too. It gets me into a place as a different mm. kind of a mode. Mm. So stillness, escape from the feelings. So in my version, mm -hmm. Aladdin has a lot to do with magic. And Aladdin has a lot to do with wishes. That's what the mm -hmm. genie does. Mm, the genie to, to, to grant me the wish. The three wishes, and I have to be very careful what I choose because it can always often backfire. So, Don't so for me, that, that. the Aladdin piece is about um, the part of me that is able to to imagine things, magical things, way beyond my my original ideas of where I think my my life might be going. Um, so, it, I I also have a feeling that the name itself. Aladdin, there's some other thing that sounds like that. Mm -hmm. Aladdin, well, there's a lad in a lad mm. man inside of me, lad. a lad, you know. So, there's some, I think, dreams they, they like to play with words. <laughs> That's been my experience over the years. They really, and it's very specific when they include a very a word. Now, am I as Catherine? Am I someone who likes Aladdin? Have I watched the movie? Or, do I care about the movie or is it not particularly uh, the story? <laughs> I, know, I have watched it and it's like eh, it's okay yeah uh, so but I like the whole thing of uh, the genie granting wishes or something about that that seems powerful like you know what what would my wish be and I had and here is Aladdin and I I just dismissed it and it's like because I was yeah. so focused on what I thought I had to do that I like no Right. Let's get rid of that because it was yeah. a movie in the dream but you know the way dreams are it could easily have been real life i could have maybe flown up and joined him or something <laughs> well i like that but paying attention to my wishes yeah. Yeah. perhaps i'm i'm i could pay atten more attention to my wishes and, and uh -huh. ala in spanish 
Yeah, pay attention. <laughs> Ala in Spanish means wings. So there's an element of the etherealness coming through again, and maybe mm. the desire to dive even more into this ethereal mm. realm. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like relying, it's, it's like there is otherworldly help available to me, and if I'm going to keep staying, you know, and just in this realm, if I just, oh, no, that's not possible. If I, if I, if I ever hear myself saying, oh, that's not possible, then I remember <laughs> Aladdin flying through the sky and say, you know, it is, and I believe that there are energies, mm. we all are, are higher power energies that are standing around waiting for us to ask for their help. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're how do I ignore my own wishes? How do I ignore my wishes and think they're not possible? Just go up. I, I think no. I ignore a lot. You have 50 wishes a day that just be, they don't even get up to the level of consciousness, maybe, because I'm just like, that's not going to happen. But why? I mean, that's just a habit. Maybe, maybe if I let them, or maybe I would say the dream is indicating that I'm starting to become aware of my wishes. And so that's great, because certainly that's been a lot of my journey in this whole dreaming process in the last 20, 30 years has been becoming more aware of my feelings, which are wishes. And, and then the, the, sometimes they have words and sometimes it's just yeah. a longing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, sometimes just a longing. That's a good thing with it. There's just, sometimes mm -hmm. I can't verbalize it. Uh, sometimes I yeah. can't define it. It's just a longing that mm -hmm. is there, a desire that's there. Some deep down inside there's a desire that, and, and, I think that's one of the metaphors of the story of Aladdin and, and the, the genie is, is, that, is that I have to really vocalize what I really want in order to manifest it. Because if I, if I just say, oh, you know, well, I kind of like this and maybe that would be all right. But no, no, I got to say, listen, I want a Jaguar XP. I want it to be gray, gray exterior, black interior, you know all this you know whatever it might be you know just to to clearly define it as 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 a as a a hope and a wish mm -hmm. direction do i want my life to go with clarity mm -hmm. yeah clarity that's, that's how you manifest in, go ahead. My, in my dream i wouldn't have had aladdin in my dream unless I would have been in the underground oh. that, that there for me is a connection because I'm underground now all realms are open metaphorically perhaps even literally all metaphor metaphors are now open to me so then my imagination inside my dream kicks in I'm watching the Aladdin the movie in the waking world, Aladdin was not very impressive to me as a movie. I saw it, but what the hell? It wasn't that good a movie for me. It didn't capture my imagination. However, my dream self mm -hmm. is captured by that imaginal figure. Mm -hmm. So, and so now I have uh, new possibilities. I see letters in clouds. You know, yeah. who, we can't make that out. How do we do that? It's very imaginative. So part of 
my journey in this dream is to unlock my dependence, healthy dependence on people. Something I've never imagined that I could be comfortable doing. Also, <laughs> I'm writing a book. I'm moving into realms that I've never, and now I'm learning to teach with people. And so this also is unlocking my imaginal realm that wants to come into the waking world as flesh and blood. And in the limits of our language, we would say, oh, that's magical. Well, what does that mean? It is not extra natural. It is our natural way of being. And so the dream is lifting that up. Uh-huh. <laughs> was that the flying carpet, Viviana? Oh, yeah. No, I was writing in the sky because you're writing oh, a book okay. like the letters that Aladdin had. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What were those words that I dismissed? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a place to maybe bring it to an arbitrary close. Is there anything else you wish to, to focus on in the dream that we skipped over or that? that you can get a chance to talk about or because well, let me, let me, hmm. i have one i have one burning question i want to ask yeah yeah go for it how, how go would you how, how would you define vamping and what it, exactly how oh. would you clarify what vamping uh, is such a great uh, word yeah well you know i even googled it because i'm like this doesn't mean what i think it means and, and it was like it was like the fourth or fifth definition but you know, we, we say that at the radio station when you're when they're just like stretched, you know, keep going, say a little more. We got another 90 seconds to fill. Right. Fill, kind of fill. And uh, one Filler. of the definitions was uh, a vamp is, is a kind of a like a background music that you're supporting the lead singer. Like while you're waiting for the lead singer to come in, the background oh. musicians could be like doing a little piece. So it's like, so yeah, Viviana knows this, the musical versions of it. Yeah. And so I'm just filling. I'm like trying. I'm filling. I'm, I'm always paranoid about this. And so this morning, I want to tell you, though, that when I, after having this dream and I went to the studio that morning, I'm always worried, is this precognitive? Oh, no. <laughs> so this was the studio morning. And my, and my guest, I couldn't get in touch with them. Usually I, um, I text them about half an hour before the show, and they usually text right back and say, you know, where's the link and all this. And I didn't hear from them. And I'm like, uh-oh. My dream's coming true, my nightmare. But what I did, which yeah. was actually useful, I didn't end up needing it yet on Saturday, but I, I, I'll use it in the future, is I went to um, an email copy of my book. Cause I, I, to save it, I email myself copies every time I do some changes. And I screenshotted a bunch of pages so that if it gets to the point where my guest doesn't show up, because it does <laughs> occasionally happen, and I need to seriously vamp. I can fill a lot of time by reading parts of my book. <laughs> Great. And, and so and that we were talking would be, be, that before would be we started revamping. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, well, and you know, also I think think of a vamp is kind of like I don't know, vampire. loose, loose. <laughs> no, well, you know, or, well, a vampire. But, but what you know you were saying about precognitive i also one of the things i've learned over the over the years is that every dream knows where it's going to be shared and with whom and mm -hmm. and i remember when i was a radio show you had the new uh 
app where I called in on my phone and I was not audible and I had to call back in. And so actually happened. Yeah. So I'm reading it yeah. and I'm going like, oh, that was been me. <laughs> I was that's kind of nuts, Billy. That was like two years ago though, right? Or something like that I, you were on the show. And I've well, watched all that out. So I've had over a hundred shows since then. So I, I don't remember who had the trouble and who didn't, but you obviously remember because you were the guest. So interesting. I was so, and then maybe I knew I was going to be talking to you on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The, all the dreams always know who's going to be listening to them and who, who the, where they're going to be shared. And even though that happened two, two and a half years ago, whatever it was, the dream came to you last Saturday because, you know, and here you are on, on this Monday, uh, we're recording. It's, it, I don't think that's an accident. I've seen it happen way right. too many where I've seen people share a dream that, that say, for instance, somebody was coming and somebody else had said, oh, I'm going to share a dream at the next, uh, you know, group. And they, for some reason, can't show up. And then, so another person shares the dream. And then it starts mentioning the people that are in the room. That's mm -hmm. kind of creepy. <laughs> I have to mm -hmm. tell you, the, the, the synchronous is so specific sometimes that I go, that, and that's what really hooked me to, into dream work. Because I said, this is more than just sitting around talking about dreams. This is something that connects everybody on a different level beyond mm -hmm. the way they connect with one another. Well, 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 in a way, this is the Aladdin. In a way, this is the Aladdin effect. This magician inside my dream, this genie, that is right. Billy's version. Uh, that people that I don't know are going to be a part of my dream as I share this dream. I, that at one point I'm not aware of who's going to hear it. At another point, they do hear it. And that's the Aladdin effect mm -hmm. of the, the kind of the magic of what dreams seem to know ahead of us. Aladdin effect. Ooh, I, I'm gonna I love it. it. I'm, I'm a writer. I'm gonna. I'm, may I borrow that? Uh, Go for it. Okay, as the Aladdin effect. Yes. Well, maybe we've all communicated. We already did a little pre-show last night, or maybe Saturday morning. In, our, in my dreams, <laughs> you guys yeah. coming up. Well, see, yeah. we're, tapping, we're tapping into an infinite source of wisdom. So it, it's so it's it, yes, and it's beyond us, way beyond us. We we have to try with our tiny pea-sized brains to try to figure out what the hell this dream might mean. You know, but it, well, but it, but it are everything about me as the dreamer and about yeah. as I mentioned out. That's around everything that's going to be shared when the dream is spoken aloud. Yeah. So, that, so there's. Well, yeah. I wondered. I wondered if the dreams themselves, like, uh, were are a way for us to go out into other realms, and that maybe yes. while we're dreaming, we are actually connecting with each other, connecting with God or whatever, connecting with you know the place we're going when we're going to die. I don't know. Like maybe there's a reason that that it's so universal among living beings because it. It has to do with the, what animates us. Could it be like a connection not only between us, but you know, uh, with with the universe or with the non-material universe? Many times, I believe it is also our ancestral realm, the uh, our ancestral lineage yes. that that shows up in our dreams. Like these people who are trying to talk to me later in the dream, 
as the dreamer as it's mm -hmm. like maybe they're really gonna be like like at some point mm -hmm. i heard you say maybe they're gonna help me so those could yeah. be my ancestors as a dreamer mm -hmm. that's very i know they're there for me yeah. but i don't recognize and i'm there for them also the ancestors mm -hmm. need the ancestral energies need me as I need them because they're growing when I change and grow. When I die in the dream, mm -hmm. they somehow, in, in an energetic level, change and transform too. So this is a back and forth right. circular experience of growth and development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Any other reflections, Catherine, that you have before we draw this amazing dream to an arbitrary close, as Billy said? Well, I'm I'm just just kind of mulling over what uh, Viviana was saying about how the dreams like can be uh, something to help me uh, do a little checklist. It's like, is there somewhere like literally in waking life I could I could do, create a little more support for myself around the show? And I don't know what that would look like, but maybe it's a little too stressful for me. Maybe there's something I could use a little more help with. And so I'm just going to mull that over. I haven't well, really the considered fact that. You answered it in that you said you you bring your you brought your book just to have as a backup because of the dream. So it's that kind yeah, of thing true. that I, you know, that was perfect. That's a perfect yeah, yeah. Um, way of having more material in case something should go wrong. That's that's yeah that's true. That's true. I always have kind of a little bit of a backup plan in case my mm -hmm. doesn't show up or <laughs> loses contact with loses the cell phone service whatever. There, there's some uh, there's some hint in, in my dream definitely to be prepared. Expect nothing and be prepared for everything, as they say. Mm -hmm. Well. It also makes me wonder if I want to try Instagram Live from the show somehow. Can I figure out how to do it? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, this is all right. All right. So, know. Catherine, where might somebody get in touch with you? Ah, yes. So, I am. My business is called Experiential Dreamwork. So, you can find my webpage called experientialdreamwork.com because I believe the dream is all about the experience. It isn't about the interpretation of it so much as the experience of it. And you can find my podcast, The Dream Journal. It's out in podcast land. So Apple I, uh, Podcasts, uh, Google, Spotify, um, YouTube. I now have a, a part of YouTube. So you add KSQD is, the, is our station, KSquid. That's where you remember it, K, the squid. KSQD, the Dream Journal on YouTube, will get you to the YouTube channel. They're, they're um, audio only, just a still picture, but it's a great way to listen. Um, something else floods my mind, but I lost it. I guess it'll come around again. The name of your book again. Oh, the name of my book. The book to be um, Dreams, the Treasure Hunt. It's not out yet. I'm, I'm, I've, I've finished the first draft and now i'm in the editing phase of like ripping out all my favorite parts and putting up putting in some new parts and uh so it'll be a little while but i am having so much fun as this part of this process and so thank you for your support thanks so much for having me on the show guys i'm really loving this no it was wonderful to and have you and what a fantastic you guys, dream you guys will
come on to my podcast too. I already have Royce, but I might get the whole crew of you or one at a time. We'll talk about it. I love how we can really support each other instead of being competitive. We're not competitors here. We're collaborators and colleagues. And so I love that we can support each other. That's exactly how I always like to, to, to promote other people's work in the world. Thank you. So Billy, tell us about wakeuptoyourdreams.com. What do you, what's on offer these days? Okay, well, I'm gonna, it's gonna be, I'm gonna have eye contact with my phone and then I have eye contact with my camera <laughs> go back and forth so I can like, speak to whomever is watching me or listening. So you can reach me at wakeuptoyourdreams.com. I host um, Zoom groups um, in the afternoon and some in the evening and the calendar's up there, sign up anytime you want. I also, every, I'm getting back into my in-person um, DreamWork events, and I've been doing dream, work, dream retreats for the past 20 years, and the next one's coming up uh, May 3rd through the 5th at, uh, I'm sorry, yes, May 3rd through the 5th at Peaceful Retreat Center here in Boulder, Colorado. I already have people signing up, so please go to the website if you want to attend. I suggest you get your registration in soon, especially if you want to stay on site because there's not that many rooms available there. Beautiful spot. This uh, lovely, those of you who are watching on YouTube, behind me is this beautiful lake with clouds that's taken at Peaceful Meadow. Um, I also am going to start up another round of the DreamWorker training program through the Rocky Mountain Institute for for, for projective DreamWork. I started to say professional dream. that too. So and I and I have to um, conduct their own uh, groups and sessions and become dream workers themselves. Wake up to your dreams. Excellent. And Royce, tell us about RoyceFitz.com. What's new with you? Well, the first thing that's new is Instagram Live. <laughs> so I want to thank all of our <laughs> listeners who are. <laughs> who are patient and joined us as we invented this very first experience <laughs> of Instagram. As we bumble. So thank you. As we bumble, fumble, stumble, and dream into this. Um, you can find me at Royce Fitz, F-I-T-T-S, RoyceFitz.com. One thing I do want to mention is go to my website. During uh, February, coming up, a couple of weeks for four Tuesdays in February I'm offering a free dream experience a projective dream work experience and uh, so you can go to the website find that just scroll down a little bit underneath the banner and sign up uh, this is going to be as I said a free zoom dream group and we will explore projective dream work for our health, healing, wholeness, and wisdom. And uh, so I, I want people to spread the word, to spread the dreams about that. Uh, the other part I want to mention is, yes, I, I know what Catherine is going through with her journey to write a book. My book is out now, The Geography of the Soul, and uh, subtitle is uh, dreams, reality, and the journey of a lifetime. So take a look at that book too via my website. So thank you everybody on 
on Instagram and in Zoom world. Or maybe, maybe mention your website again. I know it's on your yeah. Yeah, Royce Royce Fitz.com. R O Y C E F I T T S dot com. And I'm Viviana. My website is b i v i a n a dot o r g. I am a professional musician by day and dream worker by night. My dream website is viviana.org backslash magic. Speaking of Aladdin. <laughs> and we do have a dreamer hotline. So if you would like to call in your dream, or you can even leave it here on Instagram or email it to us, but our dreamer hotline to call it in is 720-573-9195. We are the Healing Dreams Project podcast. Subscribe to us, like us, comment, and uh, we are speaking the language and stories and symbols and metaphors and archetypes of dreams. Until next time, thank you, Catherine, once again. Until next time, sweet dreams. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for everybody. Bye-bye.